Ernest, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over there and start using it now. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. So we was going down the line. So we did Fab in Philly. We did Ross in Philly. We did Fab and Kiss in uh, Boston. And after that, we was like, man, heat check. We on fire. Let's go out Baltimore. So we booked Jeezy, YBS Scola, who's from Baltimore, and we booked uh, PNB Rock. The day we had that show was torrential downpour, so it was raining crazy. So we did terrible. We lost a, a, a ton of money. Um, I remember being in, in the lobby at a hotel we were staying at. We was talking to each other. We was like, man, like you got enough to get back to Philly. Damn. Like we was in there literally trying to scrape together, scrape it together. eighty dollars. We just had a show the night before. How much? How much you lost? Yeah, like hundred thousand yeah. that night. My graduates from my school being Forbes, backdrop. Backdrop. <laughs> a mic drop. Backdrop. Backdrop. All right, guys, welcome back. EYL, this is going to be a dope episode. Yeah, all pun intended. All pun intended. This is going to be the dopest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, dope shows, my man Jameer and Steph. So, I'll give you the background story on this. Um, the first show that we actually was commissioned to do as talent, because we've been doing shows for a long time, but usually the show is our shows, mm -hmm. and we put it together, we market it, we get you know talent, you know, do the whole nine. We just did it in Apollo, you know, we did Invest Fest, we do we've been doing this for a long time. But 
this is the first show and we was actually commissioned to come. Summoned. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, <laughs> it was a dope experience. And it was through dope shows. So we found out that dope shows is actually like the premier, I guess, I don't want to say booking agents, but the premier promoters. Event planning. Yeah. Promoter. Promoting. Concert promoters. Concert promoters. And the tri-state area in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So once we actually got tapped in, we realized that, well, we always knew, but there's a whole market for this. Mm-hmm. Like you see artists doing shows all the time, but you never really think like who's throwing the shows. Mm-hmm. And of course we know the big names like Live Nation, things of that nature, but there's still independent companies out here that's doing it from the ground up, yep. putting their own money into it, putting their own marketing into it. Yep. And it's a it's a viable business. And it's one of these things where we talk about sports and entertainment, but you don't necessarily have to be in sports and entertainment to actually make a living and yeah. make money off of sports and entertainment. You create a business around sports and entertainment. Yeah, you don't have to be a, you don't have to you be, don't a, have to be a, perform. A, an entertainer. Yeah. So um this is this is one of those situations. So we're gonna get all the game, I'm sure. We're gonna get a lot of gems, a lot of information. Yeah. So First and foremost, thank you guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, appreciate thank y'all, y'all for having us. Yeah, we appreciate y'all having us. All right. So, um, yeah, let's get the backstory of how this actually started because oh, we got to stop because we got to give the biggest shout out to Trey, Philly native, who said, Mr. Troy, Mr. Rashad, there's these people from Philly. They're trying to get in contact <laughs> with you. I said, all right, Trey, who, who is it? They dope shows, man. They big in Philly. They want to they wanna find y'all. Yeah. They, they called me. I said, all right, Trey, let's get it on the line. <laughs> So shout, shout out to, out to Trey. The shout out to Trey. <laughs> shout out to Spurgo. Billionaire, yeah. my God. Shout out to Trey, that's for sure. So yeah, so all right. So how did this, I believe, start in 2017? 2017, So yeah. what, what's the backstories on it? So we started in 2017. Our first show was Jada Kiss and Fat, uh, Freddie vs. Jason, uh, at the Fillmore. <laughs> yeah, at yeah. the Fillmore. This was before the album, like, because yeah. we called Fat, and we was like, we wanted to do him. He was like, well, we got this idea. Like we want to have Kiss on it too because we're trying to do an album together. Okay. So this was really just like a concept show. It really just got started. Like the concept got grown from just this one show. Um, and we did it in Philly at the Fillmore. 2,500 people mm-hmm. sold it out in six weeks. Before we did the show, people didn't believe. Like, I don't know if that could work in Philly. Like, I don't know about that. Yeah. But me and Jamira, we just went um, head first and feet to the pavement. We hustled. We marketed every week, every day. And we sold it out in six weeks. So that was the first show. And then we did, uh, after that, we did Rick Ross. Um, we did Rick Ross. <laughs> and then we took that same show. Like, we made some money. But the money that we made, we didn't, like, go and splurge and buy chains and stuff or whatever. Or buy. That comes later. Yeah, that comes later. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, we 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 reinvested it. And we booked Rick Rick, Rick Ross. And we also booked uh, Kiss and Fab in Boston. So we had never been to Boston before. First time we'd been to Boston was when we did that show. And we went there and it was like, it was a little bit of a culture shock, but we did the same scheme like we did in Philly. We got to the ground, we started meeting people, marketing, hitting the radio stations, hitting the ground running. And we sold out the uh, House of Blues in Boston um, with Jadakiss and Fab. And one thing we learned about Boston is they love hip hop. Like no matter what the culture is, Whoever's up there, they like they really are passionate about hip hop. Actually, their first week sales, we went on sale, did better than we did in Philly. So um, that was successful. And then we went on to do some stuff in Baltimore, which we'll get into, and just a bunch of other shows. Yeah, so how, how did y'all meet, right? Because obviously, I got to the first show, yeah. but I was 
hip hop and music plays mm-hmm. a role in your life. But right. how did y'all get together to say, let's come together mm-hmm. and create this dope platform so that we can make some money promoting yeah. the music that we love? How did, how did y'all meet? Um, it was actually a mutual. My cousin is a is a friend of Steph's. Um, they was friends growing up together. So we all it was like a playoff game. We all went to uh, the Sixers was in the playoffs. We all went to Xfinity Live. We was kind of kicking it that day. I was doing parties at that time. Um, so from there, Steph then started coming to all the parties that I was having. So we would kick it on the party level. Um, we started talking about doing a business together. Initially, the business was supposed to be like a club because that was what I had currently going on. And Steph was doing real estate. But once we started, we had seen, I had seen like with the clubs that they was kind of like coming and going. It was more like you kind of had like a short window of opportunity to make money in Philly before the natives would start saying like, oh, that club burnt out or we don't want to go there no more. So we we knew we wanted the longevity with a business. And I felt like the club ain't had that. So then we just started talking about like other things we could do. And we seen a void in Philly where it was like the club scene was dying out. But when artists was coming to the city, the whole city was getting behind it. The whole city wanted to come out for that one night. So he was like, well, let's keep recreating that, bring artists through Philly on a consistent basis. And that's what we did with Dope Shoes. Yeah, so when you yeah. all start, though, right, because a lot of times we don't see this, and we try to highlight it that there's two black men working together. Mm-hmm. Was it initially off the bat, like, yo, I like this guy, I like what he's doing, let's work, or was it ego, was it some negotiation, like, yo, you got to curb this, mm-hmm. and then we can get this done? Like, what was that like? No, it really was just like, I, th- I think we got a mutual admiration for each other. Okay. And I was like, man, like, he got some traits that, he was a little younger than me, but I'm like, man, I really admire like his hustle and like his integrity and things that he does, like that I see from the outside looking in. So, um, and I was like, when I go to his parties, it's always lit. Like I'm having a good time, yeah. and it's like, let's bottle that up and like let's let's make that something bigger. So I think it was things that I seen in him. I think it was things he's seen in me that made us like great partners. And it's, I mean, partnership, y'all know, it's like a marriage. It's like you really gotta. Love you gotta love your partner like like a brother. Like right. sometimes y'all put each other in a headlock, but you get past it and you and you move forward, and you know things come out the right way. So, 100%. for people that's looking to just get into this game, like your first show, what was the steps? Obviously, I'm assuming you contacted the venue, mm-hmm. said okay, how much is it? You paid the venue, then you gotta have a production team, then you gotta book the artist. So, can you like walk us through the steps of, of that you took? Yeah. Um, um, I mean, when we first started, we kind of started directly with the, we knew the venue that we want. We knew the size venue because I was already doing parties and with the parties I was already doing like maybe a thousand people, 1500 with no artists. So we knew we wanted to start above that. So the venue in our city that was 2,500, 2,600 people is the Fillmore of Philadelphia. So we knew that that was the venue we wanted to do. So we had the venue in mind, but then we was just looking at different artists. So like Steph said, we contacted Fab. Once we decided on like, are we going to do Fab and Kiss? We had the venue. We then started to roll out all of the marketing um, to the city. We got with the got the radio station behind us. We just started taking meetings and making sure that we was getting the, the marketing everywhere. Us as a brand, our marketing has always been like a guerrilla style marketing approach, where it's like we want everybody to see it from eight to eighty. So if you live in Philadelphia, if we got a show going on. You're going to hear about it some way, whether it's through the streets, whether it's through the radio, whether it's through social media. So that was the same approach we took from day one. And then six weeks into the promo, we was able to get the show sold up. But that was kind of just like the steps of like getting the venue. Then we got the artists and then we put all the marketing around it. So how'd you get the artists? We ended up just reaching out. Fab at the time, we tried to take a couple different channels, but 
we ended up emailing. Um, yeah, he had an email. Yeah, he had an email like, uh, on his bio. Yeah. Contact oh, this person. Yeah. 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 Most, most artists, though. Yeah. And so it was like, him? No, like, like management. Yeah. Probably Fendi or somebody. Yeah. Shout out to Fendi. Yeah. Shout out to Fendi. Um, <laughs> yeah, at the time, folks. we were trying to figure out what was the best way. We ended up was talking to some other people, that like some folks that knew him, but the email is what ended up getting us the actual And you just said, out. I want to book Fab for this yeah. show, da da da, da. This date. And this is his price? Yeah. What was his price? 40000 Yeah, that 40, was 40, back then. Yeah. Yep. Forty, and it's Sounds like familiar? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It hasn't changed much. Um, <laughs> and, and like the artists, people don't know, most artists, they want to get paid in cash. That's why he was talking about backing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All this backing on these rap songs. Mm-hmm. Explain to them what they what they mean when they talk about backing. So you gotta have their money, their their backing money in cash. Usually. Some artists, it depends. Like Fab, you could give him cash. Like that's how he works. He trusts our, our relationship. But some artists want their money a week before they even get to the market. The whole like, the whole thing. The whole thing. So you gotta wire it to them or whatever. So it just depends on the artist. But that's that's pretty much the back end, like as far as like Whatever they do on the back end, you gotta have it. So whether the tickets sell and you hustled and you sold it out or not, they still won't. So it's like if it's forty thousand, fifteen, let's say up front, fifteen, a couple weeks. Well, well, twenty, twenty. Yeah, it's usually fifty. Yeah, so it's usually fifty percent up front and then other fifty percent when they get when they get to the spot before they before they start performing, like five minutes before. Yeah, you gotta count out in cash. Yeah, words words are the wise because the show on Sunday. Make sure you get to that bank before one o'clock on Sunday. Hundred percent. Yeah, bank ain't open on Sunday for sure. No performance if they don't get paid. Yeah, they don't get paid. No, no performance. Talk about riders. Um. I mean, riders. Being hundred percent honest, when we first was in, it, when we first got in the business, business, we was more like everything they put on a rider, we got to do. Like we yeah. don't want the artists to feel like they get here mm-hmm. and we don't got something that they want. Yeah. But to date, now we got around twenty five shows we've done. So I can tell you now, at this point, we don't do everything that's on a rider because a lot of times you'll see that the artists don't use everything that they ask for. It's <laughs> yeah. kind of just like a list of. Things that they say, like if right now, if I was an artist and I told people on this day, like I like these 25 things, but as I'm traveling around the world and going to these places, I may not want pink starburst today. Like I might that might be on my rider, but I may not care about it in the moment. So we started just we kind of got we created like a dope shows rider of like things that we know we're gonna have there, like liquor. We're gonna have liquor backstage at every show. But some of the Nuanced things they like things that we feel like don't matter that much. Yeah. We'll cut it off the rider so, just because so it don't matter a, as much. Y'all have a rider and it's almost like a checklist for the artists. Like, oh, yeah. we'll have that. We'll take that. Yeah, yep. that's smart. Yeah, that is smart. So, that's pretty. That's really. So when they when they send a rider, like, because sometimes they'll send like they may send it, may say like they want five bottles of. They might say they want Ace five bottles of Ace of Speed. Yeah. It's like we're not doing five <laughs> bottles of Ace of Speed. <laughs> so you might get one. Yeah. You might get two. You might get you might get five bottles. It might not be. That just de- just depend on what it is actually on a rider and what we feel like. Also, it depend on like how well the show is doing too. Like, just everything. Booking book, booking artists is not as easy as people. Like I said, we've had some experiences with booking some artists, and I mean booking it is just one ha- part of it. Mm-hmm. But last minute travel yeah. and things change, and this person's rider has mm-hmm. up needs to be updated, and yeah. it's like. It could be a lot. It could, be, it a could lot. be a lot. And at some point in time, you just got to say enough is enough. Like we had one artist that was asking for way too much in a ride and we just said, we're not doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And then it turned out it wasn't really him. Mm-hmm. He was cool. He right. didn't really want it, but it, yeah. no, his team. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, his team. Right. Always, yeah, we, know, they, we, we created like a dope thing with uh, the riders though, to where though we get local businesses. Um, 
opportunity to like help us build the rider. So it's like, for instance, we got a restaurant in Philly called Kings and Queens and they do all our food. Like they do all our food, but they got amazing fish. They got this fruit set up. Actually, y'all got it. Yeah, they, they yeah. did the sure. uh, watermelon. So like, that's like, that's how we tie in local places and local brands to like put them in position and like, you know, get in front of artists because a lot of times that's not easy. The, the, um, the riders, though, yeah. even on the other side too, for because the first time I heard about a rider, my friend Valencia, shout out to Val, mm-hmm. she was, this is like early, before Earn Your Leisure, mm-hmm. when I was just, I was doing my financial planning thing, but I was mm-hmm. doing it online and people, it was some interest to like book me for certain things. Mm-hmm. So I would ask her like, how much you charge? And she mm-hmm. was like, well, you have a rider? I'm like, what's a rider? Mm-hmm. And then she was telling me like yeah. a rider is everything that you request. So it's like, I request a first class plane ticket, mm-hmm. four star hotel. Yeah. I want, you know, like you said, a fish dinner, mm-hmm. whatever you want. Yeah, right. You could put it in a rider mm-hmm. and then it's like, this is this is what I need right. to come. It makes it a lot easier as opposed to saying like, I want this. And then every week you got to like change it. Mm-hmm. This is the set template of, of what I want. Yeah. Like I said, sometimes people just go, Overboard and like Overboard. dental floss and dental like, floss. I want yeah. nail clippers. Yeah. I want a pink towel. Yeah, right. I'm like, where we going? Like, yeah. really? What you gonna do with this? But <laughs> it is it is good to know for artists, even entrepreneurs, entertainers, to have a rider in place mm-hmm. is important. Mm-hmm. But also, I like I like your idea from the other side of it to have a set rider. Mm-hmm. But like, this is what we provide. Right. And then if they want something over and above that, then you know you can yeah. accommodate it if you want. But yeah. as opposed to just leaving up to their Wildest dreams to just yeah. run it up a month. Yeah, we never had an issue though. They always yeah. be happy with, with what they That's get. Because yeah. the spread that the, the spread that kings and queens and the local businesses that come on a lot of times it usually be more than what that was on their rider when it's all said and done. Because the companies is trying to get their brands out there a lot of times, so it's kind kind of like one hand wash the other in that yeah. sense with the sure. rider. So this is important too because there's somebody listening right now who's in the, the maybe the party promoting phase where mm-hmm. you said you started funding. Right, so you said you had to pay for that forty thousand. Are we at the time working in real estate? Are we mm-hmm. doing still doing the clubs to to allocate enough funds to pay for these things? Like, where are we getting the funding from to do it? Yeah, so we we, I was in real estate. Um, Mir was working, and he also had a business as well. Um, so we just put our funds together. Fab was forty thousand, twenty thousand, ten and ten. You know, the venue was at that time. I think it was like twenty thousand. Kiss was twenty. No, the venue. So, well, oh, to get, so, so we fab, ended up getting Fab, yeah, fab and Kiss and together kiss. was 50. Oh, all right. So 50. <laughs> so 10 so, for Kiss? Yeah. I don't, I don't know how that. they really worked it out. It was like it was 40 for Fab, but then yeah. once we did it together, yeah. it was like 50 for, together. Yeah. yeah. After Verses, that's changed. Yeah, yeah. 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 sure. Yesterday's price is not today's. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, what, what were you saying? Oh, you said, yeah. So, so we broke it down. So whatever the price was, it was 25 we had to put up. We both broke it down. Took it. I remember being at the TD Bank on South Street, putting a deposit in. I'm like, I did a lot of businesses before, but I don't know if this is really going to come back. I ain't never did this before, and um, we just we just put it all on faith and put it all on hustle, and we put it out there, and we booked them. So, like, so, the, you remember how much it cost the first show to produce? Yeah, it was yeah, seventy seventy thousand. Se- yeah. So fifty thousand for the artist, yeah, and then twenty thousand for the venue. Yeah, for the. So yeah, it was probably, probably probably like eighty. Yeah, probably like eighty. Like eighty at the market. Eighty bands. And and the venue that included the audio person, security. They they handled all the venue handled that. Yeah, the venue handled that. So you had like all it was like one house nut. Yeah. Yeah, and then it was like marketing Mm -hmm. and stuff. You remember how much we made off that? Yeah, so we made we we spent probably like eighty when they're making one forty. 
Okay. And then all so so $60,000 profit. Yeah, $60,000 profit. And then we ended in. up, we put the whole 140 back into the yeah. business. So we booked Ross. So we took that 80 we spent on the first show, and then we spent that 80 on the Rick Ross show, and then the 70 we ended up doing, or 70, 80 we ended up doing Fab and Kiss in Boston. So all money in. All money, all money in. in. So yeah, our first show, in. we sold it out. May 140, we took all the money and put mm-hmm. it right back into the business and was like, all right, we'll celebrate after we come after off we these come two shows. So but the, we still ain't celebrating yeah, after that. The $60,000 profit is impressive, yeah. right? So how did you get into the pricing of it? Because that's an issue too, right? We don't know what to price a ticket for so that we can make profit. Some people mm-hmm. price it too low and there's no profit at the end. Yeah. So what was that process like of saying, all right, this is how much we have to charge each person. Maybe there's a VIP. Maybe there's some type of incentive yeah. so that we can actually make a profit when this is all said and done. It's like comps off of other shows that we was pulling up that we would get some research for. And then it's about like how you feel in the market. It's like we and we outside. We know what people like. We like people love fat and kiss. It's like, all right, that's the price. So we came up with the price just internally. And then when we put it on sale, we see how hot it was and how it was moving. We ticked it up a little bit, you know, here and there. Yeah. So that's how we kind of gauged it. Yeah. yeah. Sure. So at, the first price is the initial sale, mm-hmm. but then as you see, people are purchasing. Yeah. Now it becomes more of a premium. Right. Yeah. And then the the less opens you got, the more. So you don't have that many opens left, meaning you don't have that many tickets left. Yeah. So it's like the price. Like, we more got that even yeah. more of a premium. Right. Right. So did we even start learning that where it was like studying? I remember during that time, this the first show, Steph was like studying StubHub. Yeah. So where like every day he'd be saying, like, yo, yesterday we had a hundred tickets on StubHub. Today is only 10. So it's like, all right, like now we could ink like StubHub was charging this amount for it because we were so limited. So it was like, all right, now we know we could increase because 90 people just bought tickets off StubHub for this price. Mm. So we was like comparing, we was really comparing it to ourselves. Like people was buying it from us and then selling it on the aftermarket sites. We was paying attention to what, where they were selling it. That's important because like you're not making the money on StubHub. Right. And so it's like, all right, if they're paying that, I got to gauge my price a little bit higher. Uh, Perfect. When when you first started, you just had one ticket price or Uh, it was like different pack, like VIP or something? We had... We, we, yeah, we kind of most of them always had like a scale. Yeah, so where we start out, we'll say like, we look at a show, we say like, all right, we investing 80000 on this show. We know like, all right, we're trying to make a certain amount of money. In the beginning, we was thinking like more of a double up. Like, all right, if you spend the 80, we're trying to make 160. But as you gauge in the show, it's like, all right, it, that might be too much to put the tickets on sale for that going out. So we'd know like, all right, let's put it out into the streets at a tre- cheaper number. And then, like, once we get a thousand tickets out in the street, now you got those thousand people talking about it. Now let's increase. So yeah. a lot of times, that's how to plan. And honestly, we still plan like that now for even yeah. our up and coming shows. Yeah. yeah. One one of the things that that I remember you saying was like, you got a sixty day strategy. Mm-hmm. Like you studied it so much right. that you know sixty days out mm-hmm. how the show's going to perform. Right. How did you get that? Um. Just. I mean, back then it was just a, it was just trial and error. But now it's like we got so much experience, so many shows, so many ups, so many downs. Um, it's just a feel. It's just really a feel from 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 show to show. Um, and just knowing the cycle, knowing the artist, knowing the heat of the artist, like really what's going on in the culture. It's not like we like from Beverly Hills and we don't know what's going on. Like we in it every day. So just really knowing that and where we are. And yeah. taking them losses. Like taking them. I mean, we took, ups and downs. we took some losses. We took some losses business. for sure. So Even, learning, yeah, like learning. seeing, like, dang, like yeah. when the tickets start trending this way, yeah. it's like, 
Lad, yeah. we had a show once that was trending yeah. like this, yeah. and it, it resulted in a loss. So, yeah. like, let's pivot. let's pivot. So we, when we go into a show, like even our current Wells Fargo show, we knew like we gotta have by this date. We need to have this amount this of tickets amount of sold, tickets. Yeah. and if we don't got this amount of tickets sold, we in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, or like by this date, we gotta have this amount of tickets sold. It's like we trying to we go into a show with goals, mm -hmm. and a lot of times we exceed the expectations, but it's sometimes where we gotta pivot. Yeah. So 60 days out, you know, like, I need to have 1,000 sold or something, mm -hmm. something right. like yeah, that. Right. 30 days out, we need to have, like, 4,000 if it's a 7 Yeah, day. right. And then we're going to ramp it up. So what yeah. are the things that if we miss the target, right, as far as marketing, and it's like, all right, panic time, that anxiety yeah. level's going yeah. up, right. what, what are some of the strategies that we put in place if we know, like, we didn't hit our, our goal, what do we need to do now? Um, price reductions, we have, we do, sometimes we do ticket deals with uh, different people, like, Brokers in the market, like we'll find people that's buying wholesale tickets and we'll sell them that way. So we just got a different, a whole lot of different ways to get rid of tickets. And sometimes we had shows where we was selling tickets on the streets. Like we had to figure it out, like get, get people hand to hand. So it was, it's always different, um, but we always got a strategy for it, for sure. And even going back to the Raw show, just like ups and downs of the, the business, um, we didn't really talk about it. Um, when we was booking Ross, we almost sent money to the wrong person with mm. Ross because Ross had like an email in his bio, kind of like how Fab did. But the email, the email that I emailed was like one letter off or something like that. And this person was like <laughs> uh, uh, minutes away from getting a big deposit. So you got to really watch out for scams, like with the artist stuff. So we've been lucky to not have that issue, but we almost had that issue early. You figure like we made sixty, like we would have spent. I forget how much that front end was, but we would have been out that. So yeah. it's just really like having. There's a lot of a lot of different pitfalls. So, so yeah. in true Philly fashion, yeah. these are wins and losses, right? Yeah, let's talk sure. about let's talk about some expensive pain. Um, <laughs> true Philly fashion. Yeah, so so, let, so let's let's go into one that didn't yeah. work and the numbers didn't hit. And it's yeah. like all right, well, we got to go through it. This. So we was going down the line. So we did. Fab in Philly, we did Ross in Philly, we did Fab and Kiss in uh, Boston. And then after that, we was like, man, heat check, we on fire. Let's go out Baltimore. Like, that ain't that far. They just like Philly. It's the same vibe. Like, they, same same way. So we booked Jeezy. We booked uh, YBS Scola, who's from Baltimore. He's not, he's not really that known right now. But back then, he had a big song, Shining. And we booked uh, PNB Rock, who's from our city. Really? And, um, man... Baltimore was like last minute and it was so much anxiety. And then like, um, they walk up town and we had that, that the, the day we had that show was torrential downpour. So it was raining crazy. So we did terrible in the, uh, in the box office. We lost a, a, a ton of money. Um, I remember being in the, in the, um, in the lobby at a hotel we were staying at. Um, in Baltimore, the following day, the following day, the following morning, me, I was getting ready to go back to Philly and Mayor was like, we was talking to each other. We was like, man, like you got enough to get back to Philly Damn. on the toll side of things. Like so, toll money, toll like money. 40, yeah. like yeah, tolls, like $40 back and forth to yeah. Baltimore is $40. Yeah. So like we was in there literally trying to scrape together, scrape it together. $80. We just had a show the night before that yeah. the budget for that show was like 170,000. How much, how much you lost? Probably like a hundred, yeah, hundred something, yeah, hundred thousand yeah. a night. But then, and yeah, it was, it was crazy. Eighty dollars we were trying to put together yeah. just to get back to Philly, and we we took a break after that. Um, it was it four was, month four hiatus. Months. It was humbling, but like the importance of relationships was, we like I said, we booked PNB Rock on that show. 
he didn't really have it going in, in Baltimore, but he was from our city. So we gave him a shot and we built a relationship with him. So and his management team and his uh, the guys that's on his label. So when we was able to get back four months later, we had did his his first like one of his biggest shows in Philly. They gave us the opportunity to do that. And that's what really got us back on track. Um, we did two shows one day. We did the Fillmore back to back. We had sold the first show so fast that we had to add a second show. So we did 5,000 people one day. We had a show. Originally, we had a show at 7 o'clock. So that one sold out. So we ended up putting a show earlier. Um, I think it started like 4 or 5 yeah. o'clock. We sold that one out too. So we did 5,000 tickets in one day. But that came because of the relationship we had with him. Yeah, we took a loss. It was hard. It was crazy. We didn't know how we was going to get back. But that relationship was able to help us sustain and get back up and really keep it going. Now you're how back do, up in the game. Yeah, how do you sure. How do you know how many people the venue, like, do you know, all right, this artist is good for a thousand person venue. Yeah. This artist is good for a 4,000 person venue. Yeah. Like, like, how do you, obviously it's never a set science or maybe it is. Mm-hmm. How do you determine the size of a venue. It's a, it's a good resource. Polestar is Pol- good. Polestar? Polestar is That's good. like a, web, a website? It's yeah. like a website. It's a website um, you can purchase a membership. You can purchase what, membership. what is that? So it's basically a, 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 it keeps stats of like every show that happens. Like any artist, they go on tour, they tour in Their history. past history. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. their tour history is real concrete. It's real detailed. And it tells you like what it, how artists perform um, in every market that they hit. It's not every show because every show doesn't calculate on there, but like those big tours, you can see it, and you okay. can see how much, uh, how much they generated, like, and what's the numbers. You can see a lot of good information. On so it. you can say, okay, this person did a thousand people in Philly, yeah. so the venue of a thousand people yeah. make does four thousand people doesn't make sense because mm-hmm. he's never done that before, right? But we right. also keep our we like we keep ourselves grounded. So yeah. like in Philly, we hitting the clubs, we hitting other concerts, yeah. we watching artists from the start. So we've had artists that jump, like we did Lil Dirk. We was doing a little dirt when he was doing twenty five hundred people. We were selling them out, but then just in July we did nine thousand people and sold a little dirt out, which that's like was a huge jump when you think about touring. Like an artist going from being mm-hmm. a twenty five hundred, three thousand person artist to now nine thousand person artist. But it was like we seen the growth, like we seen the build up mm-hmm. with little dirt. We knew what he had going on, so he wasn't afraid to take that shot of putting them at mm-hmm. a venue. That whole 9,000. So it's about just paying attention. There's some artists that came out that we knew, like, the first time we booked Lil Baby, we knew Lil Baby was ready for 2,500 people yeah. in the city. We we ain't have to start at the 1,000 or 1,100 person mm-hmm. space because we knew, like, all right, he on fire right now. And with our brand, with our marketing strategies, we know we can sell out the film more. So it just depends on the artist, depends on the situation. But yeah. Polestar has been good for us as well as just us always staying grounded and close to the people. Yeah. So that way we can know, like, all right, this artist could really work. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say House of Blues is like, that's like the 25. So that's like going from House of Blues to going to like an NBA arena. Yeah, like a small, like a small. Or like college arena, yeah. college like 9,000. 9, yeah. yeah. One, one of the things that you, and y'all mentioned the, the relationships, you, mm-hmm. you said uh, Baby, you said Dirt, you said PNB. Mm-hmm. How are y'all managing to keep sustainable relationships with them? Because that's, that's tough. Just, like a lot of times people just book them and you pay them and it's like, all right, yeah, th- that was a fee and then I'm here for business and let's move on. But y'all are managing to keep sustainable yeah. relationships where you can bring baby back, mm-hmm. you can bring Dirk back. Yeah. Because there's something on that you guys are doing. Must yeah. Be well, our slogan since we started has always been ain't no shows like dope shows. And we really put a lot into that, whether that's with the production with the artist. Um, we actually create like 
the screen work that goes on behind the artist, a lot of times they get bored into that. Whereas like we actually make their show look different than they has looked as they travel all over the world, as well as like the backstage experience or making sure that you're making them feel good when they're in the city, when they're in your market. Um, also talking with the artists, like it's important to us in the beginning, we ain't really, we was so focused on the business. We was less focused on the artists. And at yeah. one point it kind of clicked for us. Like we booking a lot of the same people. So let's build these relationships like once we the first time we booked fad we ain't really talk much with fad backstage in philly but then when we booked him in boston it was like we was chilling with fab in boston so then that then started the relationship where with dirk it was like the first time we booked dirk it was cool we was in philly but then a month later we had him in dc and it was like now you consistently seeing the artists on a regular basis and now you talking with them and getting them bored into the brand. Like when we was doing our festival, it was like letting them know, like it's two black men that built a festival in our city. Yeah. We both from West Philly. The festival was in a venue that's actually in West Philly. So it was like just getting artists bored into that. So they kind of be bored into our story and to the brand. So it was like that usually helped so as heard, well. First are you booking them into the, that time? Like, are you saying like, all right, if they need to be on stage by eight, are you telling them yeah. to show up by like yeah. 6.30? Yeah. 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 Okay. Also, yeah. in addition to that, like first time Lil Dirk performed with a band was was with our at our show. Um, our production guy who's been with us even like back when we first started, before he got with Dirk, he's with Dirk now. He's on, he's Dirk's like tour manager. Like he runs Dirk's whole tour. Um, we had a conversation. I was like, man, I was like, me and Mary, we was at uh, lunch with him. I was like, man, like Dirk, his music really is like rock and roll. Like it really is. Like when you think about it, like it's got like a very musical element. And I was like, he, it'd be crazy if he, if he, he if he did a band. band. Like just, this was just like for our show. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I was like, really think about it. I was like, y'all don't really perform like that Drake song. Like that's a crazy song. Like think about the, the horns on that song. Brum, brum, brum. I'm like, you should put a band doing that. You should put lunch. a band behind that. <laughs> and um, they end up doing that band, and they perform with a band. And Dirk, he his set is amazing. And it's like that small thing. Like we was with him when he was just going out there with a DJ and his and his homies. Um, but just that small change in his tour and his show, it, it made a huge difference. Um, and I'm happy that the guy we work with was able to implement that into his whole career. And I, it's just amazing to see it grow. Um, yeah, and it's just crazy. Like, that started in Philly. And yeah. then he ended up taking that same band, a bunch of Philly guys, like his drummer, his piano list, yeah. all of them, his Philly guys that started on the dope show stage. And yeah. then they went around the world with that same tour, that yeah. same set. On the back from outside our show, On the back yeah. outside tour with Lil Baby. Yeah. So, so um, as far as the promotion, I want to talk about this. Do you put in the contract for the artists that they have to promote on their social yeah. media? Yes. Yeah. And that's sometimes a, a wrestle pending. So what's but the usually, what's the language that you usually use? Um, very specific. If it's an IG page post, IG page, this many IG page posts, this many story posts, this this drop, this when it's supposed to happen. Yeah, so I'm about to say be very specific. Yeah, so like right. a lot of times we'll say like we want a page post, the day the mm -hmm. tickets go on sale yeah. and we specify the date. Mm -hmm. Um, this, like how long you gotta leave it up for? Yeah, what? Well, well, I necessarily say how long they gotta yeah. leave it up for is just usually like we want it to go up on this day, yeah. and then if they, a lot of times they let it live if they end up actually doing it because it, it make it make a difference. I mean, that's your connection with your fans. And one thing about Fab, like you were saying, like Fab, he's forty thousand, like he's still that price. Yeah, like he like he want the promoter to make money, and like 
as an artist, you should want the promoter to make money, whether it's us, whether it's Live Nation, whether it's Rolling Loud, whoever it is. You should want them to make money because they're gonna be able to. They're gonna want to book you again and again and again. It's just like anything else. So I feel like um, when you when you get out there and you promote the show and you do stuff that you're supposed to do, it's important. It's like it's making a train ride right along, yeah. nice and smooth. You know, so, you know who the who's yeah. the best person that we we've come into contact with. Take a guess, artist. I just gotta say Fab because. Shout out to or, Fab, but yeah, not Fab. Ross. Ross. Now Ross is good too. Ross was promoting our show like crazy. Shout out to Ross. Ross, Ross, stuff, Ross is yeah. solid, but yeah. I was gonna say Jim Jones. Yeah. Jim okay. Jones. Hey, he has no rider. Never asked for anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, and we we did the show at the Apollo. Um, and we got him, and he asked me for the flyer. Yeah. Like I ain't even asked him mm-hmm. to post a flyer. Yeah. Because it was already gonna sell out already, but. His team reached out like, "Yo, Jim, can you get us the flyer?" Yeah. Jim, Jim posted it, put yeah. the whole like, "Yo, sell out! It's going to sell out quick. Make sure yeah. you get it." Da da da. da. Then had Santana posted because Santana mm-hmm. was there. Shout out to Joel's. So, um, they yeah, understand. They understand. Good, they, yeah. I, I grew up like in a crew. Well, I used to be. A, he probably don't remember. I used to be around Jim Jones when I was younger, and it's like they come from that era where it was like they had to hustle to be where they at. Yeah. So they understand. Like, man, these black guys, they see like it's like yeah, like. Help them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Why not? Like, right. no, like yeah. what are you going to lose from that? Yeah. So, yeah. And you actually sure. getting paid to be there. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> why are we pulling teeth? And you see the cycle. It's like mm-hmm. an artist who act like they don't want to post, and then you'll see 18 months from now, nobody be, even booking you. Yeah. Like, it's like you was better off posting when, when you had the opportunity. Yeah. Contracts. Um, how is How important is it to have contracts in place and not just to... Handshake agreement. Yeah, super important. Very important. Very, very important. Very specific. Very like, it it it, it makes everybody accountable for sure. So yeah, holds everybody accountable. And in this business, is a lot of things that you that you don't necessarily know what's gonna come. Right? We ain't know we was gonna be sitting down for fifteen months because of COVID. So it's like when you got those handshake mm-hmm. deals. Those those won't be able to hold up when you're talking about rescheduling or you're talking about things canceling or just stuff happening. It's like you gotta have the business in order. Yeah. So yeah. you said so. I was speaking of, of the 15 months. A lot of times, like people will have insurance on shows. Can you talk about that? Is that something that you guys had to have in the yeah. event of cancellation? Because yeah. a lot of people don't think about yo. I need to have insurance in the so, event. Like you did a festival, yeah. you might need insurance yeah. if it rains or something so, like that. Right? Specifically at our festival. I mean, we have to have insurance on our shows. As far as our festival, we had specific a specific policy. We had a rain policy, and it rained cats and dogs at our festival. Um, we had how much did we spent on the festival? Six hundred grand. Six, like yeah, like yeah six, it was like six hundred grand. And um, we end up we had made some money in the box office, and we were dependent on the rest of our money to come in with the walk up. But it had rained so bad that we weren't able to uh, recruit that money that was going to be on the walk up. So we had a big policy. For two hundred and fifty grand for for a rain policy, that if it rained so much, so many inches, we would get that money. So that kind of compensated for all the walk up that we didn't get, and that was just like us just prying and poking and just finding out things from our our um, insurance agent. So insurance is super super important. Like that's yeah, part that of made, that, that, made, made, that made that made the made day a, for real yeah. for real. Honestly, like we yeah. was gonna take a bath, take a bath that literally day and having the rain, <laughs> having the rain insurance. Yeah. Like people was calling us mm. the next day saying like, oh, "Hey, sorry. I'm sorry it rained on y'all. Y'all had a good event, but it rained." And we was looking at each other like, "Thank God it rained." <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Right? Damn. <laughs> Yo, man. Yo, sure. yeah. Like, we would sure. see it, but it poured that Boy. day. Like, we were seeing puddles in the venue. Yeah. And it was like, because the venue was kind of like indoor, indoor outdoor. outdoor. Yeah. Um, it was puddles inside the venue. And we was just, look, even that day, we was like, yeah, we know we know it rained more yeah. than what we did. Yeah. yeah. So I want to talk about, like, scaling, because it's another thing that we had to go through. Mm-hmm. And this is why the information is good, because a lot of stuff you don't know until you actually have to go through it. Like, we go through stuff. So mm-hmm. the first we was just controlling the whole venue. Mm-hmm. We get a venue, like we did um, the Georgia World Congress in Atlanta for Invest Fest. We get get the venue, we can do whatever we want. But then the Apollo, it was a Ticketmaster venue. So that was mm-hmm. our first time going through Ticketmaster. Yeah. And it's a whole bunch of different things that you gotta go through Ticketmaster. Yeah. A, uh, like the seating chart. So it's like different prices. Mm-hmm. Like so investments, it was 4,000 people, but it was only two ticket prices, mm-hmm. VIP ticket and general admission ticket. Right. So it was a lot easier. But did Apollo, we had like five different tickets. Like you could be $50, you could be 200 150 yeah. 100, depending on where you're sitting, right? We had to determine that. But then also they hold the money. Mm-hmm. They take yeah. a percentage of the yeah. money. So, so I know y'all got a big show coming up at Wells Fargo. Wells we'll talk Fargo. about that. And I'm yeah. assuming that's Ticketmaster, right? No, that's uh, actually... Well, Wells Fargo has their own. They got their own thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. talk about. Ticket. Well, we've been in that system the entire yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. Talk like about every, Yeah. Every event we've ever done, other than this show that we have coming up, has always been through Ticketmaster. Oh, you always use Ticketmaster. Yeah, because yeah, we, we so. a lot of our venues we've used has been Live Nation venues. Oh, so and they only they use Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster yeah. venues. Oh. Yeah. So talk about that. Talk about working with Ticketmaster. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, honestly, we kind of used to it. I think the biggest thing for us was. When we first started, like you just said, when we first started, we would have our price points, but we we did a lot of shows at the Fillmore, House of Blues, those type of venues where they're general admission venues, it's standing room only. So you're not getting into the seat portion. When we started doing the Met, which is another venue in our city, which is big, larger than the Fillmore, mm-hmm. but it's seated. So that was when we started had to get into more of the scaling. Mm-hmm. And with that, we start we our strategy came into like all right, the this is how much money we want to make off the show. This is what we want our total revenue to be. So then we would back it out and like, all right, divide that by how many seats. So then we know the average seat of the venue got to be this amount of money. So then we would scale the show that way. We're like, all right, if we know we need an average ticket, the center ticket need to be, let's just say for the sake of talking, the center ticket need to be $100. Our average ticket need to be $100. So it's like, all right, we know we could go as low as $50 up top, but we know up front we need people at $150. To offset the right. center being a hundred dollars, so then that's how we would just start to scale the show. Yeah, and we look at it like real estate. Like, where are you sitting at? Like, where? What's your view? What's your vantage point? Um, we also have a system where we do like a, a big spreadsheet, and we got like for the Wells Fargo, we got every seat broken out, like every wherever you at in the venue, and we can make small changes on this big spreadsheet that can give you an outcome of like what what, what is going to be when you make those changes. So we got like a big spreadsheet. We worked with a um, a, C, a guy that was a CFO. He helped us build like this whole spreadsheet. So that's how we kind of build the Wells Fargo, and it helped us also with the with the Met, which is like a seated venue, because every seat is real estate. Wherever you sit at, like I'm sitting here, I'm closer to you. I'm if I'm over there, it's maybe not worth as much. So yeah, so I, li- I like that. Every seat is real estate. Yeah. I like that stuff. Let me write that yeah. down. <laughs> <laughs> so, so marketing, because that's the biggest part. I'm assuming. You could have Jay Z, mm-hmm. but if nobody knows that Jay Z is gonna be there, yeah. it's not going to be worth anything. Mm-hmm. So I know you said that you knew you do guerrilla marketing, mm-hmm. but like, what is what is some marketing and like how much money do you usually allocate to marketing? So I'm gonna just use our Wells Fargo show coming up because I feel like this is our bit one of our biggest marketing budgets 
and a lot of the marketing that we're doing is super creative. Um, so this budget for the Wells Fargo marketing budget is around seventy thousand. Uh, just for marketing. Just for marketing. Mm -hmm. uh, so we got around twenty buses that's wrapped, full buses wrapped throughout the city. Is that that's effective? Riding around. That's effective. Yeah. It's effective. So Everybody's yeah, seeing public, it. Like the public, the public transportation yeah. sector. Um, and then we got like in the L's, so that's like our train station. Yeah. Uh, like actually in the stations or in the actual cars that in people cars, sitting yeah. in as they're going to work, coming from work, going to school, coming from school. We got maybe 20 in the L's and then 20 in the sub that's just placed um, as well as we do like posters. So we'll do like posters, plaster all throughout the city. We usually do like 2,500 posters. We usually get like 50,000 flyers. We have we got a street team of guys that'll go and hand out at all the high school letouts, middle school letouts, college, midday college stuff because Philly is a big college town. We got Temple, UPenn, Drexel, LaSalle. Like it's a bunch of different schools there. Um, we hit all like the clubs, going to concerts, making sure that all our flyers Every is in the venue. So if Every it's concert. a show that's coming to Philly, yeah. dope shows, flyers is going to be present there, um, as well as attacking social media, making sure we got the sponsor ads, making sure that we're creative with the content. So like for this Wells Fargo show, we had 87 days from the time we announced it up until the date of the show. Um, with our in our marketing plan, we listed out every day for the 87 days, and it's every day we got content that we delivering to people for those 87 days to make sure we reaching them. And that was with creative videos. That was with us doing walkthroughs at the Wells Fargo, showing people the venue, showing people the production, talking to the consumer, telling them what to expect, getting the drops from the artists. So it's a lot that go Radio. into the to the marketing. Radio. Oh, yeah. So then. Power ninety nine. Um, they ended up, which is the largest station in Philly. Cosmic Kev on that. Yeah, Cosmic Kev yeah, is on that. Yeah, we just did the come up show yeah. uh, like two weeks ago, mm -hmm. and we, like we ended up getting them from all the money that we spent over the years, and just with our relationship with them, we was able to get them to fully partner with us and back the concert hundred percent. So like right now, that we was a turn on Power ninety nine, they probably talking about it and mm -hmm. having ticket giveaways. Like that's important too. We learned ticket that early in the business. Yeah. Like you not on, when you when you doing your purchasing with your radio station, you want to incorporate ticket giveaways. You want them mentions outside of the commercials mm -hmm. that you're paying for because yeah. they may mention it six, seven times, which is giving out two tickets. Mm -hmm. So you want those mentions. So the radio was a huge thing. And then and we did a school tour, high school tour. So we did went to about so far, like five high schools in Philly. Mm -hmm. So we just go into the high school, just really just to talk as black men, like black businessmen. And we take a bunch of black women as well. Women, just people that's in the business world, entrepreneurs. And we talk about like positive messaging. Like you don't like we got a violence problem in Philly. So, I mean, it's like that a lot of places in the country, but. And Philly is bad. So we just talking just we black men up here that just built that built this business. Like whatever y'all want to do, y'all can do it. Um just really giving them that positive reinforcement. We talk about the show, we have giveaways, give them merch, give them tickets, just really talking to them. Um we bring artists. Um, yeah. so we've done that. What else? We've done so many things in marketing. I know. I feel like I feel what about social media influencers? Uh, uh we do. Yeah, we, yeah, got we, we got that. So we so we got some influencers just like tied to the brand. It's yeah. like been with the brand for, since the beginning, and yeah. they come to all the shows. They get some type of experience while they get the shows. But no matter what we got going on, they posting. Yeah. They let they alert in their social media. But the piggyback off what Steph was saying, the high school tour piece was good because then that gave us a lot of the news coverage. Yeah, we got news coverage, different, different things yeah. just on the give back. Yeah. 
side of things. And then with the kids, it's like now you might only have you might have a school of a thousand kids. The school will select what hundred kids is coming to this, but now it's like everybody. all the kids know, and now yeah. they telling everybody, telling yeah. everybody in the neighborhoods. And the way we kind of structured the school tour was like touching every area of the city. So not like like we got we went to West Philly High, that's in West Philly, but then we also touched Gratz and Strawberry Mansion, yeah. which is in North Philly, yeah. and then Barktown. So, yeah, like we just hit different parts of the city to make sure that we really covering it where yeah. everybody really know. And our and our marketing is super creative. Like if you look at our flyer, like our flyer is like, like every time we want to come with the marketing, the creative stuff, like next level stuff, like we thinking the ideas, like oh this, this go with that, this go with this, like color schemes. Um, we did that for for this whole campaign with, with with the Wells Fargo. We got a cart, we had cartoon characters made, and then that's how we started the base of the flyer, and then like we added in different elements. So, um, it's is our marketing is always like. Very, very inspirational. Very, like, well thought out. That's a lot of game. Yeah. I got, like, a mm -hmm. bunch of questions just listening to all that game just yeah. now. Number one was you said that getting the, the advertisement on public transportation. Mm -hmm. What's that process like? Who do you reach out to? And uh -huh. then you said that you bought the radio ads. And so, like, I'm wondering if that's based off relationships mm -hmm. or, like, what does that look like? Because, again, I mean, you hear it all the yeah. time. People are like, mm -hmm. yo, hey, this show is coming out. Make sure mm -hmm. you got to go check it out. Yeah. What's that process like? So we, we bought the radio. We bought the bus buses. Uh it's a fee to actually wrap the buses. So, I mean, we could go into the budget, I guess. So, th to wrap all of the buses we had, it was it was 30000 to wrap all the buses. You're calling the city up. Yeah. No, no, so, no. It's an ad company. Okay. Uh, Intersection is an ad company. Um, and they do they do large format um, advertisements. They do in-the-bus depots, on-the-buses, uh the but like the bus stops. They got so many assets that they they that they be able to offer you, and um you got to put together the ad creative or whatever. Like that's how our um like our flyer, and you give it to them and they break it out and they position it on the bus. So we did that. And as far as the radio station, we always on the radio. We always deal with Power ninety nine. We've done business with them for years and years and years. So for this show, we had to talk to the program director um to get the proper support because. I mean, you can have ads on the radio running all day, but it's about having the proper support. So we talked to the uh, program director over there. Shout out to DC. He might listen to this to earn your leisure. I'm sure he does. But he helped us um, build our marketing campaign on the radio. Um, so I don't know if you got more stuff you want to add. Yeah, I mean, just for somebody getting on the radio, when we first started, our mm -hmm. first show, we went to the radio. So yeah. that was back 2017. Mm -hmm. Freddie versus Jason. We took it to the radio. We got a rep. At that time, they positioned us with a rep. And we use that same, like that's still our rep today. So we built the, so I would yeah. say like when you go to radio, whoever it is that your rep is, you want to make sure that you got a true relationship with mm -hmm. them and grow with them. Tell them your vision. Like we was talking to them early on. Like we've had plenty of meetings with, with our rep at Power 99, telling her the growth that we wanted for the company and how we wanted to support from the beginning. And she used to tell us early on, like, when, once y'all get to a certain point, like we we probably would be able to step in and partner with y'all and do all this good creative stuff. But it probably would have to get to a point where y'all didn't spend cer certain money with the company or that y'all didn't did certain shows or had certain acts around. Mm -hmm. So we kind of just worked with her and she's seen our growth. And now that's the position that we ended up. But this is also the biggest show mm -hmm. we got to date. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about the Wells Fargo show. Mm -hmm. What's the deal with that? What's the, you know... Thought process and putting together that show. Dope shows birthday bash. February 10th. What's your birthday? 
That's dope show's birthday. Oh, dope show's birthday. So that's like the anniversary of the start of the company. Yeah. So we got uh, Lil Baby, Lil Dirt, Donna G Herbo, and we have Lil K and Lil Lil Young K, K, Lil Mm -hmm. Moo. They they two big artists in Philly. They local artists, but we wanted to get them a spotlight. We kind of grew with them from when they first started. Um, So like for Philly, that's our taste pilot. Like we love Lil Baby, we love Dirt. We love uh, G Herbo and uh, Gunna. So we wanted to make it like condensed. Like usually when you go to a show of this type of statue, like uh, your powerhouses of the world or whatever, um, it may have like a whole lot of artists, but you're getting like these small 10, 15 minute sets, 20 minutes. And then you got a lot of artists that you don't really care about. So we wanted to curate it to where though it's like it's strong and it's like everybody that you really want to see. So we picked the four hottest artists we could think of for our area mm-hmm. and we put them together and we like they're gonna have real sets they're gonna have 45 minutes an hour hour and a half depending on who the artist is so it's like real sets. so when you come it's like man i got to see i got to see the little baby little baby not just some abridged version so that's really our vibe with birthday bash and our production is grand we spending a lot for the production um we got a, a big catwalk where the, the artist is gonna be able to walk Kind of like into the crowd on some on a on a, some unique stuff like a little bit different than like your traditional type of show. So it's the biggest show Philly's yeah, ever the, seen. Yeah. Exactly, <laughs> exactly the biggest you've ever seen. You, 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 know, you have an event planner. Um, so we had you we create these <clears throat> VIP experience and we have event planners help us with that like yeah. the actual okay. VIP experience. But as far as everything show. that go into the show, yeah, is we carry it the whole show. Y'all, y'all do yeah. it. Yeah. We do it. So y'all put all the. St- trimmings everything together yeah so we got like a product we got in-house production guys so like dj we have people that help us through the process but a lot of the creativity is coming from me and steph like even with the lineup even now just recently we was having a conversation with dirk's team about just the collaborative effort we want to see between him and baby at the show like Mm -hmm. that's a lot of times we curate like we talking to all the artists teams about like y'all all all have records together we want to make sure that 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 get done that night to where it's like, all right, y'all popping out on each other's sets, not just like where it's a typical show where you'll see these lineups, where it's four or five artists, but you only see that artist during their time slot. It's like, we want Herb to pop out when Dirk is on. We want Dirk to pop out when Baby is on and just have it more like a family affair that mm-hmm. night, trying yeah. to give you like an experience that you won't see nowhere else. Yeah. So, um, all right, let's talk about little Baby. I heard he's 400,000. Is that true? More than that. More than that? More than yeah, that? yeah, he was 400. Yeah, he uh, was. For this deep. She worked. 550 for this deep. 550? Yeah. 500. So we got the thousand. biggest show Philly's ever seen. Mm-hmm. We got the hottest artist. Mm-hmm. This budget sounds crazy, fellas. Yeah. Budget out of control. So the artist is probably a million. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. I'm, I'm calculating my head. This a guy mil- this a is million, a million in talent. Yeah. A million in talent. talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just talent. A million dollars. And that's not including the venue. So how much do you think you all in? Everything is gonna cost. Like one point five. One point five. How much do you think you gonna make off of it? <laughs> Couple dollars. A <laughs> few. More than yeah, more than one point five. But it's yeah. more than, <laughs> definitely, more than 1.5, definitely gotta do more sure. than one point five. So so let me ask you this: as far as putting it together and all of this, are you guys still funding this out of your pocket, or you have yeah, outside? Hundred yeah. percent. No no outside money. Sponsorship coming. No. We working, working on sponsors. Prayfully, we got if the sponsors yeah. is listening. Yeah, prayfully, yeah. y'all coming through. <laughs> Come, on. Come, Come on with it. it. But we know some people. <laughs> yeah. So, so have you ever have you ever thought about um, taking other people's money or just everything yourself? 
Uh, nah, or some ding dash yeah. type vibes. Yeah, it's all. Yeah. I mean, Put the money up yourself. Eventually, I think our company is positioned to be, you know, purchased, bought, acquired. acquired, partnered up with. So we're in position for that for sure. But we want to run the numbers up and understand everything that goes into a situation like that. Because you got to, I mean, we already got proof of concept, but just like really proof of numbers, like you was able to do this much on your own. You was able to make profit this much. So that's really our, our thought process now. And um, 20,000 20, people? 20,000 people. Yeah. When y'all sell it out. When we sell it out. Yeah. Yeah. And we're on that trajectory. Yeah. Yeah. I know this show that might need to be in attendance, but we'll we'll, we'll talk about that later. (laughs) So I I heard you said it's the dope show's birthday Birthday bash. bash. Yes. And when I hear birthday bash, I think Atlanta, which Mm -hmm. makes me think that this is an annual thing. It is. Same premise? Yeah. Same premise. Right. So So we want to do, we want to do staples in Philly. Like we started off doing like the small stuff. 2,500 people here and there, mm-hmm. whatever. But we want to do like birthday bash. We got dope fest. And then we want to put something else in the fall. So maybe like three or four staples in Philly and then grow that to other markets. Like, all right, we want to do this market, whether it's Atlanta or wherever. I don't know. Like we're, we got markets, but that's, you know, we got other markets where we want to build staples, staples, staples. So big, big, big events. Are we looking at Citizens Field? <laughs> That's crazy. We That's crazy blood. you would say that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because I'm thinking like Philly, yeah. Philly, Philly. What's the yeah. biggest place in Philly yeah. where I saw Kevin Hart sell out? Yeah. Eagles. Yeah. The yeah. Eagles. Yeah. So yeah. That, that's where those yeah. shows Yeah. 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 100%. Sure. Was, it, was it hard to get the arena? Um, I, We had so many shows that we did. So we had to fill out like a reference form. Okay. And when they probably did their reference check, they probably, yeah. They but you was able they, to speak to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Because like MSG, it was like impossible just to even speak to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. So you was able to speak to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, so the, let's talk about the festival though. Yeah. You're doing this. This is gonna be an annual thing, but the festival. Did you do the fe- festival last year? Festival no. 2019. That was the last time you did the festival. That was the yeah, last time we did the festival. And you're gonna bring it back? And we bring yeah. it back this summer. 2020. 2022. Yeah. yeah. So talk about that. What's that gonna be? Um, so all day festival. So 2019 we built all day festival started at 12 o'clock. It went to 11 o'clock at night. We had Tell local we artists. Had. We had yeah. So like we was so forward thinking too, just yeah. with, even when you look at the lineup we had back then, 2019, the original lineup, some of these artists ended up not performing based off of things they had going, things on. They had going mm-hmm. on, but whatever, all the things they had going on. <laughs> yeah. But the lineup was PNB Rock, The Baby, NBA Roddy Boy. Rich, NBA Young Boy, Little Dirt, Young Dolph, Pusha T, uh, Cowboy. Cowboy. Yeah. And then maybe Philly artists. Maybe yeah, like maybe six, seven strong Strong Philly Philly artists. artists. That's a strong already. Yeah. Yeah. So like that was how we came and that was our first one. That was how we came out the gate. We ended up losing a few of those artists. Unfortunately, NBA Youngboy got arrested during that time, so he wasn't able to perform. Roddy Rich ended up having some type of cross booking, so he wasn't able to perform. Mm Um, but and pretty Dirt, much and Dirt, Dirt performed, but that's how we grew our relationship with Dirt. Yeah, um, we ended up doubling back with Dirt back and selling him out in yeah. September. Our, that mm-hmm. was in July, yeah. and that kind of kicked it off. Just us being in close communication mm-hmm. with, them with them during it, whatever yeah. legal trouble he was having at that time. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna do the same thing this year. This year, yeah. yeah. There's there's a, there's one Philly name that I haven't heard yet. Neat. What's up? I mean, we tried to put, we, we tried, tried to put we tried to book Neek a couple oh, times. No, I'm looking right in this yeah. camera. Yeah. Rob Nation. Rob what's Nation. up? What's up? Oh, what's the what's the issue? We, we, 
I mean, we tried to book Meek multiple times. So I mean, usually it's the a lot of times when you got it felt like a, for artists, right? When you from Philly, that's their biggest market. So a lot of times that's where you got the most leverage at. So do your own show. So do your own show, or if you if you got a touring deal, or if you got certain things going on with your label, a lot of times they'll try to hold the Philly show. So I think that's a true answer. I feel like that's why we haven't been able to get. A, a Meek show nor a Uzi show really going because based off of deals that they got, just ho- pigeonholes them from working with mm. other promoters a lot of times. Yeah, but we would love to do it. Yeah, sure. love. We would love to do a Meek yeah. show. Love to do a Uzi show. Yeah. You know what I would love? Just like as a personal, like mm-hmm. if y'all could do it, if we can just get like state property. <laughs> Yeah, and like I, I could just see Siegel just, just yeah. He's like, oh, we, have, all the time. we have Siegel. We had <laughs> him on our last show before the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, Fab. Fab ended up break. It was Fab right before mm-hmm. the pandemic because that's what's crazy. We talked a lot about Fab. We our company has booked Fab almost every year that we've been in business just because of the relationship. Mm-hmm. And Fab ended up bringing out the whole state property. Yeah, it was, it was legendary. That night. Yeah, ain't no shows like dope shows. Yeah. That, yeah. So what's this? What's the scaling model? I know you said possible acquisition mm-hmm. so how do you take this thing to the next level like i said just creating those staples. staples the staples like we we did the small things the small events the small events but it's like really just building like everybody like knowing like all right birthday bashes this time dope fests this time um in these markets like really placing that 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 muscle memory in somebody's head every year and they know like dope shows is coming. Like when I think of this time, I feel like, oh, it's time for the dope shows, whatever it is we doing. Right. So just building those staples and scaling it that way. And we got merch. So we Yeah, I'll talk about the merch. Yeah, we got the merch. You um, saw merch. You saw merch at the event. I can't believe we didn't bring no merch. That's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> we should have some merch. Yeah. <laughs> so you sell it at the event? Yeah, we sell so it at, at the event, event online. Also available online. Yeah. When, you, we, when you do it at the event, like, and that was one of the issues too, is like they there was like a percentage that the venue would try to take. Is that true for you guys too? Like, or is it just like that was the, that was the Apollo? Yeah, I, I was, yeah. Certain, I was certain trying to get that venue, name out. Really. Yeah, certain venues. That was the Apollo. Yeah, yeah certain venues. We always yeah. try to get around that. Though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But we definitely want to create those staples and then take them to other cities too. Like the vision is not for Dope Fest to just live in Philly. The vision is for Dope Fest to grow in Philly to get built up there, but then take that to them same to other markets. So yeah. we're like, we talked about Boston, right? Like Boston is somewhere where we went and it was a hot bid for hip hop. We know, we, we know how to work in Boston. We know how to get a show sold out. Yeah. So taking that same festival model, like we want to take Dope Fest across the world. Yeah. And we're going to build other verticals with it. Uh, this is probably uh, breaking news on Earn Your Leisure. Yeah. yeah. We're, doing, um, we're doing a label in 2022. Oh, okay. So we're going to, like, Philly hasn't had, like, we had, like, Philly International back in the day. And then we had, like, Black Hope, Friday. Black Friday. We had beans yeah, and all that yeah, stuff. State like property. We had a lot yeah. of. But when we look around Philly, there's a lot of talent that's not really getting seen around the world. And we're going to be a label that. Get artists wherever, but we want to kind who's of. Who's the hardest? It. Who's the hottest artist in Philly right now? Want to come up? I mean, there's a lot though. There's Philly lot. got Philly so, got a lot of artists. The yeah, two that we tour. named is on the show, which is Young, Young K, K, Lil Moot. They super on fire. Tour. Um, tour is an artist that's from West Philly. Super Leaf on Ward. fire. Leaf Ward, artist yeah. from West Philly. Super mm-hmm. on fire. It's a lot of. It's, it's, it's a, a lot, lot of young guys in Philly. It's a lot that's cooking up right now. And yeah. the the biggest thing is like we want to provide because we see these artists like we see like a dirt. 
And it's like, he from Chicago, drill scene, it's crazy there. But it's like, when Dirk coming to town, he got 20 people, 30 people that he employing, that's got roles, that's, I'm a production manager, I'm this manager, I'm the guy to go get whatever Dirk need. And it's like, you had to create those verticals to to be able to like get these kids out of the environment that they're in. And they have talent. And it's like, you creating a business model. You, they Fortune 500 companies, these artists. Like, you you got an artist that's creating $100 million a year in, 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 in revenue. And, and, and they making money. And they putting people to work. So I feel like really just creating that to where though we giving people from our city and any city opportunity to break as an artist and really push push the agenda forward. And we know the show stuff. We could book any venue across the, across the, the United States as a live nation or like things that we, or wherever we got access, we got access to a lot of venues. So just really teaching them the tour, building the tour, building it slow and low, doing like, all right, you feel like you could do a thousand people, do do 500 and sell that out and give people an experience and, and let them know like, man, that's a real show when I go there. That's why Drake got fans like he got Kendrick Lamar because when you go see them guys perform, they give you a show. They give you what you came for. So it's like, really teaching the artist that and not just making it like blase blah when I'm going on the stage and I'm taking a hundred of my homies, like really giving them something. So we want to bring that to, obviously we already doing that with dope shows. We wanted to bring it, we want to bring it to a record label and really try to put on. Breaking news away. What, what about COVID? How has that affected you? How do you think that will affect the live event space moving forward? Um, obviously it affected us because we were shut down for what? How long? 15, 16 15 months. months. Yeah, it's, it, it killed us for that time, but we just used it to strategize and build and really um, be ready. When it, like when we came out of the we had sent Dirt the money for the biggest show we had, had he had had like probably nine months before. Like So we was just planning and strategizing it ahead. And we sent him the money, and when we came out, we had a crazy show. So it was just really just... Yeah, no, I mean it was it was tough for us, tough, but yeah. it also was a, I would say it was the first time since we've been in business that we've had that amount of time to sit down and really look at the business yeah. and look at all the areas that we were successful in was making money, mm-hmm. but all the areas where we was leaving money on the table too. Yeah. So like we talked about merch. Being honest, we did we've been doing merch since mm-hmm. we started, but never at the capacity we're doing merch now. Mm-hmm. Like we was we wasn't really taking the merch serious. We was more like worrying about just selling the shows out where now we positioned ourselves where we got a true merch business. The merch is available online. We got a setup at the shows now, not just like a table where we just got hoodies laying out on them. Um, we just put a lot of thought into just every avenue of the business. January 16th, we have a showcase where we allowing local artists to come on the showcase and perform. And then two artists from that showcase could win a spot on the Wells Fargo. So whereas like you could win the opportunity to open up on the same stage as Lil Baby, Lil Dirk, Gunna, G Herbo in front of 20,000 people just from you positioning yourself on the showcase. That was something that we knew that we talked about before the mm-hmm. pandemic, but we just didn't really set it up and put that, make that a part of our infrastructure as a business. And now we was able to. So where we had local artists always hitting us up, always asking us mm-hmm. for opportunities. Now it's like we was able to really create a platform in a business where we can do that. So, we got industry A and R's coming out for that. We got uh, Lil Dirk's drummer is going to be on the on that. We got DJs, so it's really an opportunity for artists in Philly tri-state area to really come down and 
So showcase their talent. Obviously, it's YouTube, but <clears throat> obviously you've had to build out a team. How many people are part of the Dope Shows team? And like you said, like fifteen months is a long time. So during this time, are we having team meetings of like how are we generate income? What are the ideas that are coming yeah. from from you guys at the top? Because like we know, like mm-hmm. listen. You're the owners, but you got employees. You yeah, got yeah. First, yeah. So, like, what what were you guys? Doing so, there? employees wise, we got around ten employees, I would say. Um, but it's usually on like a, they usually work for the for the event more. So, like, it's like okay. we got a stage manager, but if we ain't on stage. Is not we're not necessarily paying the stage manager. So, Steph and I would we would meet daily during the pandemic. Those 15, 16 months, we were still meeting every day, like our typical work schedule. Um, to come up with ideas and plan, and we would bounce things off people from the team. But during that time, it was we was really isolated because there wasn't no shows happening. Like a lot of the people that's a part of the team is just tied to an area that we yeah. would need for for the, show. For the actual yeah, gotcha, show. Gotcha. Right. So it was just more so us locked in on the planning side mm-hmm. and just really had to weather the storm. Or like we don't know when mm-hmm. it's gonna come back. Like yeah. Steph, Steph mentioned it, but like that was crazy during the pandemic. We had we went into the pandemic with four or five artists booked already, like already booked, already paid because we was planning for Dope Fest twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of the pandemic, on top of having five front ends already out and having one or two venues already booked, so you don't know when you're gonna get that money back. We then sent dirt more money, like we then sent more money out, still not knowing when we was gonna be able to get that mm-hmm. show off. So it was like being able to plan, knowing like the sun gonna shine again one day. Like one day we'll be able to do this again. But we wasn't making no money, honestly, and we were still actually putting money out, but still just investing in the dream. Yeah. Uh no, I appreciate you, brothers, man. So what would you like to tell the people? How can they follow you? How can they get tickets to the show coming up? Um, yeah, all of the information. You can follow me on on uh you can follow us on instagram at dope underscore shows underscore and you can follow me personally at steph.piner on instagram you can get tickets at wells fargo center philly.com and you can get tickets at dope shows online.com you can get tickets for the showcase on ticketmaster.com um um and for me it's just my full name jameer shaw on all social media and then you can follow me. Steph kind of went over all the things we currently got going on. Yeah. Um, but definitely follow the Dope Shows page for updates. We always posting different things that we got going on. And we and appreciate you. February 10th. Yeah, February 10th. So all around Close the world. Yeah. Pull up. This, <laughs> pull up. This one of the biggest shows. Yeah. It's the, one of the biggest shows for Philly ever. For sure. But just even for the world, like having these four artists together at this time point, I think is amazing or I think it's dope. Yeah. Dope. <laughs> there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Troy housekeeping items? Yeah, February 10th. February 10th. Dope shows. Let's get it. Make sure you're there. Uh, Shout out to all the earners, though, uh, for rocking with us. Uh, Obviously, you know, love is love, man. We can't do this without you, and we do it for you. So thank you all for supporting. Thank everybody that's been supporting the merch. The merchandise line is, uh, we got got some big things planned for it. So shout out to all y'all. And yeah, man, keep keep rocking with us. We'll keep delivering. Yeah, thank you guys for rocking with us. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace. Thanks. My graduates from my school being Forbes. Bag drop. Bag drop. <laughs> F- a mic drop. Bag drop. Bag drop. Sick of being upsold at gyms? 
My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.